everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's finally game week against a team that wears red and blue. I don't really have a good opening for this bit. Uh, man, it's going to be an all-time uniform matchup, though, regardless yeah. of what color we wear and they wear. Very, very pretty uniforms in play. Yes. Red, white, and blue, the best college football colors. Yes. I would I would add Columbia blue in that mix, too, but we're pushing our luck enough as it is, I guess. Oh, God. What if we announce a Columbia blue throwback for this game? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I feel like that would be work better against North Texas since both of us have those historic. Yeah. And then there's also the Terry Bradshaw and uh, Mean Joe Green connection in Pittsburgh. So that's my yeah. hope is that we both secretly have throwbacks for be, the North Texas game. That would be cool. Yeah. With their weird looking like highlighter green weird eagle thing. I don't know what that thing is, but it's cool looking. Anyway, yeah. that's not who we play this week. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to throw it back that far to see who the other coaches that we're playing this week because Sonny Dykes returns to Ruston after leaving the program in 2012 for the University of California. Yep, Cal Berkeley. Um, yeah, last time Sonny Dykes was in Ruston, my heart got ripped out of my chest. So uh, fun fun times, I guess. That, that was the uh, Utah State game that we've talked about yep. on this podcast a lot. Reliving some trauma right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I sat in the stands consoling myself that it wasn't actually the last football game of my college career because there'd be a bowl game. Yep. <laughs> you got to leave that silence in. I don't know how hard that is for I, you to do. But yeah, Southern Methodist University SMU is 2-0 so far this season. We will don't need to talk about 2012 any longer. They're coming off a 35-12 victory over what will be next opponent for Tech, North Texas, and then a victory over ACU, Abilene Christian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, SMU so far this year, I mean, they've looked pretty good both offensively and at least in the scoring column. They've, you know, they held North Texas to 12 points. I think ACU scored nine. So, I mean, they're they're They seem like on paper, you know, I think they're favored by 13 here coming to Ruston. Um, and that seems fair, like on paper, right, without looking into it. But I did watch some extended highlights from their game last week um, with North Texas and I just got to say, I'm not like super impressed or scared of them, I guess. You know, on our last episode, we talked about how Tech's defense didn't really miss a lot of tackles and let their let Southeastern short dink and dunk offense turn into like an 80 yard touchdown. But North Texas didn't tackle well and SMU scored five touchdowns in the game. Three of those touchdowns were simple like post routes where if, you know, if the defensive back that's in coverage makes the tackle, it's like a 15, 20, 25 yard gain at most, but they just didn't. So three of their touchdowns were like 70 yard touchdowns that just were the result of one missed tackle. And so I don't know, like I'm not as impressed by their offensive attack as I thought I was going to be going into this. Yeah. A little more worried coming out of Southeastern with how we defended some routes throughout that game. Fair. So, yeah, the fact that they can turn a simple post route into a 70-yard uh, touchdown is a little concerning because that's one thing that Southeastern didn't do was go over the top with us. But, yeah, it's a Sunny Dykes offense, but we've seen it before. We've seen, yeah. I mean, the bowl game that we played against SMU wasn't really his offense because he had just taken over the job. But it's not like SMU has been lighting the world on fire the past few years anyway. They put up some good offensive numbers, but the team as a whole hasn't really been 
a world beater. The same way Mississippi State with Mike Leach last year had good offense throughout most of the year, but was never able to round out the team and make it a good team overall. Yeah, and I think that, you know, another thing that I took away from their game against North Texas was that, you know, their scheme is actually pretty different from Southeastern's. Like we talked ad nauseum about how Southeastern just threw it underneath, 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 and we weren't doing anything to stop that. Um, so Southeastern, I don't even know how many rushing attempts they had in the game against us. Let's see, 27 compared to 59 throws. SMU is going to run the ball a little bit more. I don't know if you guys remember, you know, listeners like Kenneth Dixon's freshman year was under Dykes and he set records, right? So like Sonny Dykes likes to run the ball. And the reason that he does that is to set up longer passes. It's a different attack, which I actually think plays better. Now, of course, Sonny Dykes is going to watch film from last week. So maybe he'll change his game plan to the <laughs> Southeasterns. But they like to throw the ball a little bit further downfield, which means the quarterback holds the ball a little bit longer, which means that your pass rush can actually make an impact on the game. Whereas last week, Southeastern pretty much schemed pass rush out of the game by throwing the ball really quickly. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how SMU and, and Sonny Dykes approach their this game from a philosophy standpoint. You know, do they just go dink and dunk or are they going to look 15, 20 yards downfield and hope that we miss tackles? But I mean, it's like you said, it's not like they're world beaters. They the first half possession chart against North Texas and North Texas's defense is not as good as ours. I don't think they weren't last year anyway. They threw a pick on their first possession after seven plays, punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt, interception. And then a two a two play drive for a touchdown, which was again the result of a missed tackle, and then another punt. So they scored seven play. Or they scored seven points. They ran thirty three plays in ten drives. So that's an average of three point three plays per drive. So they're you know they're going three and out a lot, right? Yeah. And they they averaged five point three yards per play. Um, but if you take away that one sixty two yard pass where it was a missed tackle, it's thirty two plays for one hundred and thirteen yards, three point five yards per play. So they're not exactly lighting the world on fire for an entire game. So I, I, if we can see that, I think we have a chance to win this game by a lot. But I don't know if we're going to see that. Yeah. And who knows how good North Texas's defense really is at this point in the season? Who know, it, it, When you're talking this early on in the football calendar year, it's a lot of, I don't know if this team is really good or this team is really yeah. bad. See Jacksonville State. So... Yeah. Let's talk about this SMU offense for a moment because they're led by a different former Oklahoma backup quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. Yeah. Love saying his last name. Mordecai is such a fun name to say. Kind of is. Mordecai. Anyway, yeah, uh, Mordecai is leading an offense that is pretty potent. Like, Like I just, you know, I finished the first half drive chart. The second half drive chart was a lot better um, for them. <laughs> But um, they scored 28 points in the second half, but they're currently 20th in the nation with 513 yards per game, um, and they're scoring 45 and a half points per game. So that's good. Now, again, that's against Abilene Christian, an FCS uh, team, and also uh, North Texas last week where they scored 35. So, you know, they're going to put up some gaudy numbers this year, I think, but I don't know if they're as good as Mississippi State or even Southeastern's offense, basically is where I'm at. Yeah, but one thing neither of those schools did very well was run the ball. Yeah. And Ulysses Bentley the fourth is their running back. Uh, they also have Trey Siggers, who was the former North Texas kid. 
but Bentley the fourth. That sounds like a civil war general or something. I'm sure, I don't know. sure it probably was. Anyway, yes. So, like you said earlier, SMU is not afraid to run the ball. Sunny Dykes will do this, and they've done it so far this year. And Bentley is averaging 9.45 yards per carry. Yeah. Granted, only on 20 carries, but that's impressive. Yeah, and and Tech's been really good at stopping the run so far this year, but that was almost more of a scheme thing than a we're really good at stopping the run thing. So... Yeah, we'll let's see. Rushing defense. We are currently ranked 28th with allowing 84 yards per game. Um, so yeah, that I mean that's really really good. They're averaging 198 yards per game rushing, which is you know for an air raid team like we we kind of remember Sonny Dykes. I mean, I think the the run is more important to his version of that high octane offense than really anybody else that I've ever seen. Um, so Ulysses Bentley could be the key to this game, honestly, if, if we can shut him down. And also, to be fair, one of his carries against North Texas was 85-yard touchdown. Um, so that 9.5 or 9.5 yards per carry is a little bit inflated by that. But still, I mean, he's going to get some carries and he's going to get some yards. So if Tech can kind of keep them from hitting home runs, I think we have a really good shot. Another thing that we may not have seen so far this year is a true tight end and Grant Calcaterra. Five catches, 90 yards, three touchdowns. I'm assuming that's a red zone threat kind of guy. Well, maybe not with 90 yards. Yeah, one of what he he also had one of those long broken tackle touchdowns. So, I mean, basically, that's the whole reason that North Texas lost is that they just missed a bunch of tackles and they went for long gains. So which luckily, I mean, knock on wood here, but through two games, we haven't really seen that as a huge problem on this team. Yeah. I wouldn't say on, on text defense. Yeah, I, that, that is yet to be a problem. We'll see if it is. And maybe SMU is just very good at causing those missed tackles. But I'm not as worried about that as I am about some other things in this game. Uh, but what about the three wide receivers that they have? Yeah, I mean, so far through two games, they've they've already got three wide receivers who have triple digit yards. Um, Danny Gray, Rasheed Rice, and Reggie Roberson um, all have over 100 yards through just two games. So, I mean, that, they'll spread the ball out, too. So, um yeah. Yeah. So on the defensive side, first, let's talk about Tech's offense just to kind of give a comparison value. So where we're looking at Tech is currently ranked 63rd in total yards, 45th in passing and 78th in rushing, which makes a bit of sense. We've been passing a lot in both games and only learned to rush against Southeastern. We also have the 29th best scoring in FBS football with 39.5 points per game. And guess what about SMU's defense? It's a Sunday Dykes defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I pulled up last season here, too, to give a, a bigger sample size. They ranked 78th in overall uh, total defense, 420 yards per game. Scoring defense, 75th, allowing 31 points per game. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to allow a lot of yards. They're going to allow a lot of points. It's not quite 2012 Sunny Dykes defense, but it's not a great defense. It's got me wondering now, is this a thing where Sonny Dykes just doesn't care to upgrade the defense? Is it a thing where it's hard to get guys in when you're an offensive team? Part of it's that the offense doesn't hold the ball for very long. I mean, their scoring drives against North Texas were like two plays, 75 yards, three plays, 65 yards. Like it's not so the defense might be out there for a seven, seven play, you know, six minute drive and and get a stop. But then all of a sudden they're out there two minutes later, you know. But yeah, and, and I guess to be fair, like it it's pretty much bend but don't break is the plan 
for Sonny Dykes team's defense, but and so far they've met that right there. They're allowing 419 yards per game, which is 104th in the country, but they've only allowed 21 total points in two games, which is that's I mean, that's a very, very good stat, you yeah. know, compared to the yardage that they're giving up. So they're scoring 45 and a half and they're allowing 10 and a half points per game. So that's uh, yeah, you're going to win a lot of football games if you can keep those numbers up. It's worth noting, too, that one of those came against an FCS school, but so do tax numbers. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a wash. Uh, but yeah, so that's enough about talking about general offensive defensive figures. Let's talk about some players individually. Who do you have as a player to watch in this game? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about some of the weapons on offense, which I mean, that that'd be the obvious choice here. We got uh, co-freshman of the year last year, Ulysses Bentley, the fourth. Um, not Ulysses Mentley the second, totally different guy. Um, Tanner Mordecai, obviously the quarterback is going to be a player to watch and Danny Gray's their leading wide receiver right now, but I'm actually going to pick an offensive lineman. Kind of the key to all of this is that we don't just get in their backfield and, you know, stop Tanner Mordecai from passing the ball, right? Jalen Thomas Jr. is an offensive tackle who got named to the preseason all-conference. He's on the Outland Trophy watch list. He was actually rated as the number 13 best overall player in the whole conference um, by College Football News. The reason I'm picking him, though, um, there's actually two reasons that one of which I just found out. But uh, I'm picking him as a player to watch here because so far in 2021, Tech has decent numbers like on the, you know, in the pass rush. We have seven sacks and two forced fumbles by defensive linemen. But there have also been these large stretches of games where we just can't get any pressure. Right. Uh the fourth quarter against uh, Mississippi state, most of the game against Southeastern SMU is a similar team. You have to generate pressure with just your front four. You can't just bring blitzes the whole game because they will find an open man in the flat every single time they scheme around blitzes. It's just the way that it works. So Jalen Thomas, that's the first reason, you know, we have to generate pressure with just our defensive line and maybe one linebacker. And Jalen Thomas is going to get in the way of that. And he's pretty good. Also, Dude had a two-point conversion catch in 2019. <laughs> so that's the second reason. So watch that dude, because he will do weird stuff. And that play was really cool. So shout out to Sonny Dykes. Like, it was a cool play design. He, like, threw the ball backwards to the lineman, which makes him an eligible receiver, I guess? Or it's a run? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's a lateral. You're allowed to lateral to anybody as long as it's backwards. And so, so the, just because he's tackle, playing left tackle... So the tackle basically just runs a screen pass, but he makes sure he's behind the quarterback quarterback throws in the ball. He just walks right into the end zone for the two point conversion. Just damn. It was cool. <laughs> anyway, who do, who do you have for me, Nathan? Anybody cooler than that? Uh, yeah. So my player to pick on the defense this time, this time will be a safety by the name of Isaiah. Cobia N-W-O-K-O-B-I-A. <laughs> Most interceptions on the team him just based on his name. Yeah, I'm going to fumble it anyway. Might as well pick someone who I was didn't have really a chance with anyway. He's both recorded two interceptions, a sack, and a forced fumble so far this year. Basically, he's hit every statistical category and also ranks third on the team in total tackles. Just a guy who's been everywhere and done everything, and hopefully he's not able to do that against Tech. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so moving on now to the predictions for this game. Massey gives Tech a 33% chance to win with a 35 to 28 SMU victory predicted. 
ESP and FBI is less favorable to tech, a 19% chance to win. And Vegas predicts Southern Methodist to win by 13 with a 65 and a half over under. Just feels Six. so low. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't bet, but 65 and a half. I mean, both of our games have gone over that so far, and this is going to be a similar game, I think. Yeah. So I don't uh, SMU favored by 13. I mean, I guess they're thinking they're going to shut down our offense like they've shut down North Texas and Abilene Christian, but I, I don't see that happening. So uh, I'll just transition into my prediction now since I'm already kind of making it. Um, I think I don't I don't know where I'm going with this, to be real honest. I'm just going to talk and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, SMU just came off of a a sort of hometown rivalry. I don't know if you call it a rivalry, but it's a it's a little bit of a lopsided affair, I guess. But you know, they just played North Texas and Dallas. Next week, they they come back to DFW to play TCU. So, you know, they're going to be amped up for that. You know, most of these players are probably from Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, and, you know, they'll want to show out against sort of the premier program in the in the Metro. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering if maybe there's a little bit of a look-ahead situation going on here. They're, they're saying, oh, we're favored by 13. You know, we're going... We're playing in a in a small time stadium in a conf, in a conference that might not exist next week, and like you know, we'll be fine. Let's let's focus on TCU. I don't think that's being said, but like there may be some potential there for Tech to sneak up on them. I think a couple things might be the keys to this game for Tech. We got to continue the phenomenal offensive line play, which I don't even know if I mentioned in the recap episode, but they've allowed two sacks through two games. Brilliant, good shit. Dave DeGugliamo or whatever your name is. Good shit. Keep it up. Got to keep that going. SMU's not a team with a prolific pass rush. They're averaging two sacks a game. So should be able to have time to throw and make things happen offensively against a defense. That's not great. You just got to score points. Um, North Texas took a 6-0 lead on two field goals. And you can't do that against Sunny Dykes. You got to score touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, limit the conservatism in the red zone and that sort of stuff. Like, just find... Find pay dirt, you know, keep the run game going. I think we have a really good shot to win this game is where I'm going. I think SMU's got an offense that's going to put up yards, just like Southeastern, just like Mississippi State. We shut down Mike Leach's Mississippi State for two quarters, almost won that game. I'm thinking it's going to be similar score to that. It's not going to be a a two touchdown win by either team, I don't think. So, man, I'm going to say like 41 to 38. And I think Tech gets it done. I think we kick a field goal at the end of the game to win, to break the tie. It's going to be back and forth the whole time. 41-38. You said that you don't think this is going to be a two-touchdown game at the end. I think this will be exactly a two-touchdown game at the end. Okay. Let's talk about the North Texas SMU game for a second. You're just going to leave me hanging like that. Okay. Yeah. At the half, SMU was only up one. It was seven to six. North Texas's defense didn't look great all night, and yet they were able to limit SMU to a single touchdown in the first half. Granted, the the dam broke open in the second half, and that's why the final score is thirty five to twelve. Yeah, but this game was close chart, for right? the majority. Yeah, yeah, not great. Tech's defense, granted, Southeastern it didn't look good there, but I, they did what they were expected to do. They did what they were told, and not give up the big play. That's how SMU works is with the big play. And so Tech is was able to keep Mississippi State from making that big play until they got tuckered out. Sounds a little too cute. But until they got tired at the end of the game. And so I think that that will happen here. 
where tech is able to keep SMU in check, except that they will be able to do it all game. I think that tech Ooh. wins this game 38 to 24. Wow. I mean, I could see it as long as we don't miss tackles. I mean, that's I'm, I'm serious, dude. Three of their touchdowns were 50 plus yard touchdowns because of a missed tackle yeah. against North Texas. And our team last year, that was bad and not good. And whatever else you want to call them, that's not good, right? Both bad and not good. Yeah, bad and also not good and not great, whatever. Beat North Texas in Denton. So, like, and now I don't know how much they've improved this season. uh, But if North Texas is stopping them, I think we can stop them more effectively and hopefully for a longer stretch of the game. Um, So who knows? North Texas may be the team that wins Conference USA this year. They may be a no. very, very, uh, may, I don't think so, but they might be. We, we just don't know enough information yet. But yeah. if my understanding and most people's understanding about North Texas is what they end up being, then SMU is beatable. Yeah. And I think well, Tech beats them. And, and, and man, the most frustrating thing is like we saw a Mississippi State was beatable and we just didn't do it. So that that's why I'm picking a closer game. I think it could very well be what you're talking about. But if... Sonny Dykes exploits what Southeastern just exposed. And maybe we were running a vanilla scheme and we didn't want to show too much. We figured we could win the game. And uh, I don't know how much of that actually happens versus just fan conjecture of like, oh, we're not showing the whole playbook, blah, blah, blah. Right. But uh, I could see us. I don't know. I just think it's going to be very similar to last week where it's like they're picking up six yards on every play and they're not even going over the top because they saw last week that that didn't really work for Southeastern. But I, I don't know. I think we get it done in the end, but it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be, you know, heart pounding the whole time. Um, I hope the Joe's rocking. I hope people show up, you know, again uh, this week. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope we're playing our, our future conference mate here in SMU. Yeah, we'll both be in the Sun Belt. Anyway, now it's time for the tweet of the, <laughs> the week. Sun Belt consumes all. <laughs> <laughs> there will only be one belt and it will be made of sun. <laughs> What's this week's tweet of the week, Evan? So yeah, I just kind of alluded to you know the whole conference thing. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into that. We don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. I think is is the people who know things are not saying anything. So like if you see stuff on Twitter about like oh James Madison and and Marshall are joining the Sun Belt tomorrow, like just wait till tomorrow and see if that comes true. And then we're talking it. about former president James Madison and not the university. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, you know, the homie original, you know, writer of the constitution <laughs> joining, uh, joining the Sunbelt conference instead of the American or, or conference USA, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Anyway, where's, where's my other history major. I feel like I need backup. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, the tweet of the week is about this, you know, basically on Friday, all this stuff exploded when four teams joined the big 12, three of which are from the American conference. So there's another round of, uh, expansion conference expansion and realignment going on. Like I said, nobody really knows anything about what the American's going to do, what the Sun Belt's going to do. By the time this comes out, who the fuck knows? Maybe it's already settled. I don't know. But Bleed Tech Blue, our good friend Ben, tweeted out, "What is Judy's plan for Conference USA?" Um, Judy being, um, I don't actually know her, her last name. <laughs> McLeod. Yeah. Yeah. The commissioner of Conference USA. He says, what is Judy's plan for CUSA? And Cyrus Smith at Cool Cy writes, who is 
who was, I think, one of the founders of Underdog Dynasty on SB Nation, he tweeted out a picture of Judy <laughs> McLeod sitting in a camo, like, like kids car thing. You know, like the little Jeeps that you buy for like a four-year-old <laughs> <laughs> next to the Conference USA Championship trophy and says, just vibes, homie. <laughs> it's a great picture. It's not a Photoshop either. This is just. No, no, it's real. And I think it's from, it must be from the, maybe the 2014 title game or the 2016 title game. Cause there's a tech tractor or the tech, like. 18 wheeler in the background and it's definitely at one of the conference title games so i think this might be at western i can't I it's can't definitely at western because i was raining all day during the marshall one and there's okay. someone in the background wearing a red shirt okay so my money's on western yeah and i i've been to both stadiums i think this is western stadium not marshall marshall's is bowled in on both sides i think right there's an end zone complex on one side but i don't remember the yeah. other side anyway, anyway. Anyway, just vibes, homie. That's a plan for CUSA, <laughs> uh, which is just so funny. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. That's the tweet of the week. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our website where we have a shop up selling T-shirts. It's halfway through September, so it's halfway through the September shirt of the month. You can get your hands on that LII Louisiana Industrial Institute shirt. It's a it's a nice shirt. But also on the website, there are some contests to do. Yeah, so we have the Conference USA Pick'em. Go out and pick all 10 games in conference this week. So we have some uh, conference on conference action going on here. That will you have to get all your picks in by the time the last game kicks off. Um, but I mean, you could go do it now and you'd get points for all 10 games if you got them right. Uh, that would be, you know, it'd be a lot cooler if you did that. Um, <laughs> GTPDD contest is out, ready to go. You got to get that in by the time Tech kicks off against SMU at 2.30 on Saturday. So go out and, uh, you know, in the pick them, you get to pick just straight up games, who you think's going to win. In the GTPDD contest, it's all kind of wacky stuff like, you know, how many rushing yards will this player have? How many, you know, how many penalties will get called on on SMU or, some, you know, just weird stuff like that. Go out and make predictions against your friends. And there's bragging rights, trophies, maybe some gear, maybe some merch involved. I don't know. We'll see. Just vibes, yeah. homie. Just vibes. No promises. Just vibes. <laughs> anyway, that website again is gtpdd.dog. That's dot D-O-G. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. Please. saying his last name mordecai is such a fun name to say kind of is mordecai 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 spencer i don't know no that doesn't really work anyway um (laughs) 